0: This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. We have a very special guest in our second segment today. That would be David Lamb, who for 34 years reported for the Los Angeles Times. Perhaps you read his article last month's Smithsonian Magazine, or perhaps you read some of his books, which include The Africans and The Arabs, two excellent works I would recommend for everyone's home library. But let us begin the program as we like to do with On This Date in History, which in our case today is April 17th. It was on April 17th in the year 1521 that Martin Luther appeared before the Diet of Worms, or is it Worms? I'm not sure. At any rate, he was asked to repudiate his religious beliefs. Martin Luther stalled for time to consider the question. Had he not had some friends in high places in Germany, he uh, probably would have been um, given the old royal barbecue by the Catholic Church. And it was on this date in 1790 that American statesman, printer, scientist, writer, and humorist Benjamin Franklin passed away in Philadelphia at the age of 84. Franklin helped draft the Declaration of Independence and was instrumental in the American victory in the rebellion against Britain when he basically secured French military and economic aid during the revolution when serving a term as ambassador to France. Franklin had an unofficial role as America's goodwill ambassador to Europe because uh, he really was a truly remarkable individual, having uh, proved himself a success in no less than four separate areas of human endeavor. E.g. politics, science, business, and art. Oh, and he's also the guy on the $100 bill. On April 17th 1961, the ill-fated Bay of Pigs invasion began. And although it was largely planned in the Eisenhower administration under the personal direction of Vice President Richard M. Nixon, it was his 1960 uh, rival, John F. Kennedy, now president, who took the rap for the failed mission. On the other side of the Cold War coin, eight years later, on September 17th in 1969, the Czech communist leader, Alexander Dubček, who had launched a program of liberal reform, was forced to resign by Soviet occupation forces. The Soviets took a dim view of Dubček's efforts to move Czechoslovakia away from their iron-fisted methods of management. And on a happier note, one year later, April 17, 1970, the severely damaged Apollo 13 spacecraft returned safely to Earth four days after an explosion, aborted its ability to land on the moon, and came very close to killing all three astronauts. This uh, remarkable tale was well documented by author Jeffrey Kluger in his article, First Discover Magazine, and in his subsequent book which uh, Tom Hanks uh, later made into a pretty good movie, Apollo 13. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Our quote of the day comes from the former Soviet premier Nikita Khrushchev, who was not, by the way, in power when they took out Dubček, who said once, Politicians are the same all over. They promise to build a bridge even when there is no river. Our quip of the day comes from Ambrose Bierce, who once said, A boar is a person who talks when you want him to listen. Our stat of the day from the New York Times, in nine out of the last 10 presidential elections, the candidate who wrapped up his party's nomination first ended up winning in November. Ouch. And by the way, we've we've come to officially believe on this program that Hillary Clinton needs to step aside. Our joke or jokes of the day is a continuation of uh, last week's Radar Magazine Top 100 Signs You're in the Wrong Relationship. Eh, we'll do seven or eight of these. All right. Signs you're in the wrong relationship. How about this one? Your score on the Cosmo compatibility quiz is Kafkaesque. All right. Signs you're in the wrong relationship. That line of duct tape down the center of your bed. Also, you fly into a violent rage if he interrupts. Deal or no deal. All right. There's not much doubt about this one. It's a good sign that you're in the wrong relationship. When your response to, does this skirt make me look fat, is, no, your giant ass makes you look fat. All right, another sign you're in the wrong relationship. You make love through a hole in the sheet, even though you are not Hasidic Jews. Another sign you're in the wrong relationship. She's a mannequin, and you're the only one who's ever seen her come to life. And finally, uh, among the Radar Magazine signs you're in the wrong relationship. The police rent the house next door, so it's easier to respond to your domestic disturbances. Alright, let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, according to The Week magazine, last week was a good week for the 43rd president of the United States after a San Francisco community group launched an initiative to rename the Oceanside Wastewater Treatment Facility the George W. Bush Sewage Plant. Organizers say the name would provide the president with an appropriate and enduring legacy. It was, on the other hand, a, a bad week for sound money after an Indian man lost his life savings when termites infested his bank's safety deposit boxes and turned his 682,000 rupees into dust. The bank has advised a shattered Dwarika Prasad that it is not responsible for bug damage. And finally, it was without doubt an ugly week last week for The Honeymoon after a California wedding reception got a little out of hand, and police reportedly had to subdue both the bride and the groom with a taser. And yes, the newlyweds were arrested and spent their first night as husband and wife in jail.
1: Nice for a wife wedding. What's
0: We're also indebted to The Week magazine for these two items from the Only in America file. Apparently, an eight-year-old Colorado boy has been suspended from elementary school for sniffing his marker in writing class. Ethan Harris was punished for smelling his Sharpie marker, said Principal Chris Benish, to send a warning about inhaling solvents, which is really, really seriously dangerous. We've purged every permanent marker there is in the building. Toxicologists, however, note that Sharpies are non-toxic and then cannot be used to get high. Said young Ethan, he sniffed the marker only because it smelled good. And no, for listeners overseas, we do want to point out that as far as we know, not everyone who's in charge of an American school is a moron. It just seems like it sometimes. And here's an item we like, also from the Only in America file. The Absolute Vodka Company has apologized for an ad campaign that showed the southwestern United States as part of Mexico. The ad, used only in Mexico, shows a map of the Americas prior to the War of 1848 with California and the southwest as part of Mexico. After a campaign by conservative U.S. bloggers, Absolute apologized this week, saying the ad was not intended to offend or disparage the U.S., but simply to recall a time which the population of Mexico might feel was more ideal. And yes, before the United States stole approximately half of Mexican territory could indeed be viewed as a time that was more ideal to Mexicans. And really, don't conservative bloggers have better things to do, like, you know, listening to records played backwards? Searching for those, you know, those, those devil messages that have been inserted? All right, let's take a look around the world. The Zimbabwe situation is not getting any better. Three weeks after losing the election, the government is refusing to publish the results. No word yet on whether uh, Robert Mugabe is going to follow George Bush's advice and then pursue a Help Zimbabweans Vote Act, which would replace all those pesky ballots with touchscreen computer voting. Although the world is more than ready for a post-Robert Mugabe Zimbabwe, again, no one seems to be doing much about it. At least uh, members of the African National Party in South Africa have decided to enter into negotiations with the opposition party, while President Thabo Mbeki drags his feet. Speaking of screwy elections, here closer to home, it's it's very funny that uh, Doug Ose and Tom McClintock are busy leveling charges that the other is the carpetbagger trying to move up to the congressional fourth district to California's fourth congressional district and try and take John Doolittle's place in Congress. Personally, we wish Charlie Brown well, and we will bring Charlie Brown back to this program uh, before the election. And uh, closer to home here in Sacramento, Leonard Padilla, former Radio Parallax guest and a perennial candidate who seems to use uh, every opportunity to run for office as a way to promote his bail bondsman and bounty hunting business. Well, good old Leonard has managed to dig up some charges that uh, Kevin Johnson was involved in a case down in, in, in uh, Arizona Uh, alleging it's a case of child abuse. Well, personally, we we doubt that it was and and hope that this is not going to help uh, the campaign of uh, uh, Sacramento's mayor, Heather Fargo. Oh, we mentioned earlier about uh, Hillary Clinton. She's going around uh, saying that the reason that John Kerry and Al Gore lost was because they were elitists, implying that Barack Obama is also an elitist who can't win. Entirely to his credit, Obama came forward and said he didn't think Gore lost, which is shocking for two reasons. It's a politician telling the truth, and it's a politician showing a lot of guts. The fact that all these wealthy Republicans are all of a sudden, uh, you know, just seeing a lot of good things about Hillary, we suspect uh, has more to do with the fact that they would like to see John McCain elected next November than uh, a genuine uh, interest in Ms. Clinton. And Here's some unsurprising news. Report from the New York Times, repeated in the B last Sunday. According to Neil A. Lewis, Alberto Gonzalez has discovered that it's difficult to find a new job sometimes. The former attorney general, who was forced to resign last year, has been unable to interest law firms in adding his name to their roster. This despite the fact that the former attorneys general uh, are typically highly sought. Geez, I think I'm developing a bit of an attitude already. Let's, uh, Let's hear from our old pal... Will Durst, America's foremost political comic.
1: Well, thanks, Doug. And today I want to talk about that infallible holy man who crossed the big pond to come visit us. And no, I'm not talking about Bono. The Pope is in America. Yes, the ecumenical circus has come to town. Come on, who doesn't love the Pope? He's the Pope. He's like a religious smurf, only less blue. He wears a funny hat. He rides in a Pope mobile, which to me always looked like that dice-throwing thing in the middle of the trouble game. You know, the one that goes, Wouldn't you love to see the hand of God come down and throw the Pope? Ooh, snake eyes. Come on, it's a Pope joke. Personally, I would have enjoyed seeing George Bush pick the Pope up at the airport. Hey, Ben, how's it going? (laughs) Great to see you. You know, I really admire you. I could never travel wearing white. (laughs) So how's the missus? (laughs) Everybody loves the Pope. Well, okay, maybe Jews don't love the Pope. After all, this Benedict guy is a Nazi Pope. Although the Catholic Church tends to downplay that part of his and their history. Pope says he only joined Hitler Youth because he was forced to as a child, and he didn't really buy into their program. And I can relate, because that's pretty much how I feel about the Catholic Church. I was forced to join as a child and never really bought into their program. You know, it's amazing how many people were forced to join the Nazi party. I think there were only like four Nazis total altogether. On Sunday, the Pope's going to say Mass at Yankee Stadium, and I can't wait for him to throw out the First Commandment. Instead of foam fingers, they're going to have foam miter hats. And no beer in the stands, just the blood of his body. And the first 15,000 fans get a free plenary indulgence. For Radio Parallax, I'm Will Durst.
0: You are listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We'll take a short break and come back and talk to the distinguished reporter, David Lamb.